Yeah, can I be myself? Yeah, when I go to work? Yeah. Do you get confused when they say, let's be more diverse? Is it my culture? Is it the way I talk or how I rock my hair? Should be equal with all people, but right now I think it's clear. There's confusion, uh, diversity ain't confusion. Uh, need my seat at the table. If we ain't all in, then we losing. Yeah. Diversity ain't confusion, diversity ain't confusion. Time to break out the cubicles and let's work together. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's go. Hi, everybody. It's me, Dr. Brandy here, and welcome to another Diversity and Confusion podcast. Oh, my goodness. So I put out that first episode, and so much has happened since then that I had to gather myself, guys. I had to get it together. Uh, One of the things that I want everyone to know when it comes to the Diversity and Confusion podcast is we're really talking about um, equity, diversity, and inclusion when it comes to the professional context. And so when you hear my perspectives, it's my perspective as an advisor, As an expert, it's my perspective as someone who has done organizational development work, diversity, equity, and inclusion work for years. Um, Someone who is well-versed and well-trained in cultural competence and psychology and everything in between. Um, And so I'm not bringing my personal racial uh, perspective to the discussion. I just want to make that disclaimer because for the next couple of episodes, we are going to go there. And it's very relevant for that professional context. So today's episode is about tokenism. Tokenism. I'm calling it tokenism gone wild because I don't know if it's just me, but all of a sudden, uh, everyone's getting promoted. I'm seeing so many black and African-American professionals right now getting promoted all types of industries day after day. It seems like there's a little bit of an uptick and I want to just maybe check in with you guys and see what you think. Um, I think that there's some tokenism going on. So let's get started. Um, so let's just start off with the definition of tokenism, right? So that we can know that we're, we're working with the same definition. I'm actually going to go into another tab really quickly and pull this up um, so that we can be clear. So tokenism, the practice of making only a perfunctory or symbolic effort to do a particular thing, especially by recruiting a small number of people from an underrepresented group in order to give the appearance of equity in the workforce. That is going to be the working definition for tokenism that I'm using for today's episode. And so let's talk about it. Tokenism. What I am seeing, and if I'm seeing something that isn't there, or if I'm seeing something that you're not seeing, please, by all means, put a comment here, depending on where you're listening to the podcast or shoot me a message. So we know what happened several weeks ago now with um, the George Floyd incident um, and some other incidents that actually happened earlier this year were sort of brought to our attention a, a lot more by the media and Every week I've been tracking the moves of organizations around the world. What have they been doing in response? Now, particularly in America, we know that first wave was like the emails. Say something. You got to say something. Silence is violence. Silence is complying. That's what we heard that first week. And I'm actually going to to put a pin in that silence is um, compliance sort of um, discussion, because I think that was taken out of context very early. But I'm going to come back to that. 
But we went through this phase of like every week employers were doing something right. So the first week we saw companies making statements. The second week we saw companies getting backlash for the statements that they made because employees came out and said, you're actually not as equitable as you're acting. You're actually not as you don't care that much. You're just putting a statement out. Right. So we saw that with like the first week or two. That's what was happening. Then after that, we saw sort of the first call to action where um, the the CEO of Reddit um, stepped down and demanded that his position be replaced by that of an African-American. And they did that within a couple of days. Um, and then uh, all of a sudden, little by little, like a slow drip at first. But now that we're several re weeks out, I'm noticing tokenism. Now, here's the thing, I, you know, regardless when you're listening to this, right, you may be listening to this in the future, sometime in the future, not in 2020. Tokenism has been happening. It's been it's been a challenge. And when it comes to equity, diversity and inclusion work, companies really need to be mindful uh, of, number one, what tokenism is and making sure they don't fall in that trap. So I'm going to give a personal example. You know, I reached out to um, I someone reached out to to me from an organization and they were saying, hey, we, we really are, are, are light on on LGBT. We're really light on uh, people of color. We're really light on this area. So we need to be more diverse. Help us figure out how to be more diverse. Um, and they were really adamant that, hey, we're going into another hiring cycle soon. And like in this cycle, we want to make sure we pick somebody from that group. This is the opportunity to do it. And I sort of advised them and they gave me some pushback. And um, that engagement was short lived, needless to say. Um, but we circled back later, you know, in the future and we're able to carve out some other work together. But I redirected their thought process um, and, and I had to release really talk to the leader, a well-meaning um, professional, white professional leader. And I had to, to, to say, what are your intentions? What are your goals? What are your goals? What have you done to make sure that your organization is ready for this type of talent? Because what happens with tokenism is organizations are quick to make their um, companies look like the United Nations. But at the end of the day, underneath the surface is this sort of um, idea that people can't really be themselves. And so we look like we're diverse, but we're not uh, equitable. We're not inclusive at all. And so I, I sort of started to, to talk to her and talk you know, with this leader about their intentions, why they're wanting to do this and just so much. And at the end of the day, you know, she was hell bent on making sure that her team looks diverse. Um, and I, I pretty much realized at that moment that I could not help them because at the end of the day, what we want to do with equity, 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 diversity and inclusion. That's really the order that we should be, even though we, we call it DEI. Right. But it really should be equity, diversity, and inclusion. We want to make sure that we have an equitable organization. And so we're not going to scout for a specific type of talent. Just like a couple of months ago um, when that company out of Virginia got caught. That recruiting firm or company out of Virginia got caught um, in the job description. It said preferably a white candidate. Like it said something like that. And you guys remember this. Google it um, in in the actual job posting. That's what it said. Right. And so would it be equally as appropriate because your organization doesn't have the diversity to say preferably a black candidate? Is that even legal? Would you put preferably an Asian candidate? Does that sound right to you? Preferably a woman candidate, preferably a male candidate. It's problematic. And so 
what companies are now doing is they're not saying it in the job posting, but that's what their mission and their goal is. Higher ups are actually letting the executive team and the hiring teams know we need to be hiring more people of color. You have. Um, so there's a difference between setting goals. So Adidas got a lot of backlash. Um, they made this awesome, well-crafted statement that I'm sure that their communications department put together for them. And then a couple of days later, their employees kind of came out to, to say that's laughable. It's laughable. You guys don't even treat us this well. So what are you saying? Amazon also got some backlash for how they treat their workers um, in the um, in the uh, warehouses and in the logistics and that sort of thing. And so what we saw with some of those scenarios and Adidas specifically said, hey, we're going to make sure that we hit this target. We hit this number of diversity. X amount of people will be diverse. And so what can happen is this can quickly become a game. It's like people are game of employers are gamifying diversity now where we need to make sure that we have um, this number. And so the target is focused so heavily on diversity that they're missing the opportunities to make sure that their company is ready for the diversity. We know uh, situations where uh, and the research shows this, that if you do not even with a uh, college students uh, being mismatched, you know, um, the challenge with affirmative action is that. Although you can get students of color in, um, a lot of times they may not be able to thrive within those environments because it's a mismatch for them to be at certain colleges, right? So when you think about the, the tokenism and affirmative action is a form of tokenism, I don't care what anyone else says, you can argue with me another day on this, you can send me a message about it. Um, but when you look at, the, I'm talking about this again, based on the data, based on the outcomes. Um, and so what, what colleges and universities have done for many years is, oh, phew, we look diverse, but they're not changing and making any adjustments to make sure that, that they have the resources that are necessary for everyone's experience to be equitable. You know, when we have this discussion, I think one of the things that's, that's challenging with the whole tokenism piece is that, um, you know, companies uh, who do not prepare themselves, who do not actually have a strategy for inclusion, they're burning through uh, their employees of color or maybe they're women employees or whatever sort of um, demographic that you're, you're focused on. And so doing the culture piece is important. Your company culture is the deciding factor for not only the retention, but the retention with high performance. You may be retaining certain groups, but are they actually performing? Are they actually bringing their best selves and their best work? And if they are not, is it because of something that's happening on the job or with a system and process that's broken with the company culture that's dysfunctional, that's stopping them from doing that? Those are the questions that we need to ask. Now, here's the flip side of tokenism that nobody wants to talk about. We sit there, we see everyone getting hired. We're all commenting on LinkedIn. Oh my God, congratulations. This is awesome. Number one, a lot of times it seems like companies are just appealing to their own egos, to their own brands. They're doing things to as virtue signaling to essentially show, you know, beyond a shadow of a doubt because they've appointed these people to these positions. I want to to know, was the uh, interview process consistent with normal interview processes? Was this interview process something where um, people had an equitable chance to to interview? And this this black or African-American person who was a was finally, um, you know, uh, offered this role, did did. Did they really beat out all of the other candidates? You know, my point in saying that is not to allude that um, a black or African-American candidate would not be able to do that. But 
the you know people of color, specifically Black and African Americans, are not asking for a handout. They're not asking for um you know a head start. They're not asking for uh, e- it to be easier. They're just saying, give me an equal and equitable opportunity. And so, for companies and organizations, are you doing that? There's a way that you identify and figure that out. With my Calling All Allies project, you guys can go to callingallallies.com. That's what we're doing. We're saying you need to do a barrier audit. What are the barriers that are in place that make it not inequitable for some of these opportunities? Um, And so appointing people is very problematic. The second thing that I'm going to say about that is when terms of optics, in terms of how you want to be setting up your uh, newly appointed or newly, uh, um, you know, selected uh, people of color to these executive and these high level roles, in terms of the optics of it all. You need to manage the communications around it. You need to be very transparent because you can set them up for failure if other employees feel that they only got the position because of the basis of the skin of their color, that the color of their skin. That's just like um, a group or a person saying they only got that position because they were white. That's why they got the position because they were white. No, they should hopefully have gone through a process. But what we're not going to do is fix the problem by creating another problem. You know, I think that we have to be mindful of what is the ask? What is the collective ask here for black and African-American professionals? And and I don't speak for everyone. Some, hey, there may be a group out there that says, hey, I do. Nope. I do need a handout. Nope. I do need it to be easier. Nope. I do need, you know, to to get some uh, more than the other person. I don't think that's the, the, the gross generalization. I think, um, I don't think that is the norm in terms of, you know, how black and African-American professionals are, um, are are thinking or what they expect. The other thing I'll say to that is we need to look at the data and look at the research. When uh, all other aspects are created equal, black and African-American professionals have been operating at a high level in a lot of different industries and fields. When you talk about uh, as doctors, as physicians, as lawyers and attorneys, as college professors, as I mean, you'll notice that they are there. Um, Now, um, are they there because they got a handout? No, because they actually just did hard work. They actually stayed committed. They had a plan and a strategy and they got there. So we want to make sure that we are solving the problem with the right solutions and also identifying the right problem. You know, I I can't stand when people boil everything down to race. Uh, I think that some of the inequities that we see in major corporations and organizations is not all because of racism or solely because of racism. It's because the company's inequitable. And if you look at the data and the research, you know, I'm approaching things from a social scientist lens and perspective. If you if you pull that back the curtain and do some research and collect some data, you probably realize that if it's inequitable when it comes to um, diversity with race and ethnicity, that there are probably other inequities there. Uh, you can cro- you can cut you know, the data across age, across gender, across people with abilities, across people with language, um, you know, challenges across people with what school that maybe they went to, what college they went to, how they were recruited into the company. Like there's so many different factors that are there. And so it's very important that, um, you know, we're mindful of that. Now, the, the last thing I'll sort of say about tokenism is 
Tokenism undermines when it is perceived that someone was simply promoted or appointed to a position because they are black or African-American or a person of color or just a woman. It undermines their authority because everyone else is is not thinking that, that they earned their way there. Everyone else is thinking that they just got appointed to that position because of the color of their skin. And so what happens? You're setting that leader up for failure when they're trying to manage their team, when they're trying to, um, you know, uh, bring new ideas to the table uh, when they're trying to do things. Do they really have power behind closed doors? Do these leaders that you've appointed out of the blue because they're black or African-American, do they really have the power to make decisions? Are they really welcome at the board meetings? Are they really able to, is there budget? Do they have some spending budget? You know, do they have the, 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 the latitude to be able to make some tough decisions and be a part of the business? Do they? Because a lot of times we find that uh, people in these roles actually don't. They're there as a figurehead. They're there as a symbol. Um, and and they're, they're there so that the company can use their image uh, in order to show that the company is actually um, equitable, that the company is actually diverse. And so what is my suggestion? Professionals, please make sure, and, and only you would know this behind closed doors, but please make sure that when you get these opportunities and people reach out to you and that sort of thing, make sure that you go through the process. Make sure that you do the, your due diligence. Make sure that you show up and give 110% all the time so that you can at least know when you look back that, that it was that nothing was given to you, that you did earn that. And then for companies on the other side, I really think that you need to slow down and understand that looking diverse, trying to get that Crayola crown box look is not the be all end all. You may have a lot of diversity in your organization, even if the the faces are not as diverse. There may be diversity in, uh, in other aspects. And so you don't want to boil everything down to sort of a white, black, of color slash white, you know, you don't want to do that. Um, you want to be equitable across the board, um, even for your white professionals, you know, um, and, and, and when you see tokenism happening, you know, and it's unfortunate because I want to say congratulations on all the posts that I see, but I don't comment. I do not comment on every single post and I don't draw additional attention to those posts. Not because I don't want to support that particular professional or this, but because the jury is still out. I want to do a post when I see that that person that was appointed actually did this initiative, actually got funded for this, actually had an impact. I want to see what that company is going to do with that person. But gone are the days where you can just put someone as a figurehead because they look diverse in a position and not actually give them the power um, that they deserve, not actually make them feel in included and actually not even about feeling included because I think that organizations do a lot of superficial things to make us feel included. You know, oh, we're going to change the logo color this month. Oh, we're going to host up Black History Month this. Oh, we're going to do this for Women's History and Asian History Month. And oh, we're going to do that. You know, it's just like, you know, is, is that really uh, what's necessary? Is, is that what we're we're looking for is, is a social event with, um, you know, finger foods and um, drinks to be able to make me feel included in this organization. It has to be deeper than that. Um, and so companies really need to, to go a lot deeper. The tokenism, too, you know, when I call it the group tokenism with some of the holidays, I call this group tokenism um, and. 
and we we have to be mindful of what is the purpose and what is the result is to make is it to make everyone feel good or do you have actually some some tangible business goals that uh, can get done as a result um, that doesn't need to be the the first and only reason why you would select a leader of color um but it's a part of it's a part of the process and part of the discussion so all right guys that's it for today i wanted to talk a little bit about tokenism please company leaders do not fall into that trap if you need assistance in figuring out hey well how do we do that because you know every time we hire someone of color people may think that it's just like a tokenism play no there there are ways that there are things that you could do there are ways that um, you can really do your due diligence and, and show that every decision you're making is purposeful and, and, and legal and in alignment. You know, I think there's a slippery slope right now with organizations doing things that if the shoe was on the other foot or if you insert another race on the things that they were doing, people would claim that it was racism. You know, is racism just uh, reserved for one particular community um, or is or is racism just racism? What the definition of it says, you know, is discrimination just discrimination? You know, um, I think that are, are we being we can't be equitable by being inequitable you know we need to make sure that the access is there across the board not for one group and for another group um and i think that companies have a long way to go um and unfortunately i don't know who they're speaking to i don't know who their advisors are but you know again i have i gave that personal example earlier where i specifically advised this organization because i knew they were going down the tokenism route and they didn't want to hear it they wanted to work with somebody who would who would allow them to do the tokenism because again they were focused on themselves and what they look like rather than that next person who was applying for the job um and so with that being said uh, let's keep the discussion going. If I said anything that you want to add to or give some more perspective to, please do. Um, looking forward to it. I'll talk to you guys on the next episode. Bye.